Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by myself, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining uh, again this week. It's always my pleasure to talk to you. Um, This is my weekly reminder to subscribe to the podcast, download the podcast, share the podcast, tell a friend about the podcast. Um, We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, Every topic isn't, you know, relevant to every person, but um, it may be, it may be, maybe it won't be, but please do share, uh, tell a friend in the lighting industry, outside of the lighting industry, anyone who might um, just have two cents to contribute about um, the topics we discuss here and the issues we are facing as an industry. Um, you're always welcome to reach out to me with your feedback about the podcast um, on Instagram uh, at lightfiles on Instagram or email me lisa at lsamembers.org and I would be delighted to hear from you and get your two cents on the podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit this week about a subject that is hitting all of us right now uh, mostly in our wallets, <laughs> personally and professionally. It's of course something, um, that has been affecting manufacturers for many, many months now in terms of, um, shipping costs, but, uh, is really hitting home right now with increased gas costs. So of course, you know what I'm talking about is the, the increase in pricing in shipping and gas and just being able to deliver products, um, to, well, to either showrooms as your customers or to homeowners as your customers and, um, how much of a real challenge that is getting to be not just in shipping product and having it arrive on time, um, but just the additional expenses incurred right now with just performing a basic level of service that we have, you know, that our customers have become accustomed to, um, over all of our years in business. And it, it is getting to be a little bit of a pinch right now in a way that is pretty uncomfortable. I know manufacturers have been feeling this pinch or I think it's more than a pinch. It's, you know, flat, full on like compression. But, um, so I know manufacturers have been feeling this and that is why in large part we have been experiencing so many, uh, price increases for the past, gosh, I was saying 12 months, then I was saying 18 months. I think I'm just going to go ahead and call it two years. Now we've been experiencing an enormous volume of price increases, uh, which we have not seen in the industry. I mean, when I first started, I think I remember there were manufacturers that would go two years without raising their prices. Um, and then, you know, about a year is standard, but, um, yeah, this every six months for some manufacturers, it's been more frequent than that. Um, so you really know that there's a lot of price pressure going on with, um, shipping goods and, um, gas prices and everything else. Those, those extra expenses that go into making product and getting it to our doors, um, that the price has just gone sky high and, you know, we're all feeling the effects of that. Um, the increased demand that we're seeing in our industry is just phenomenal. 
I uh, heard today that I guess um, we are looking at some increases in the federal interest rate in the United States um, coming up. I don't know that any of that is definitely going to happen. I just think it's uh, like seriously on the table to happen. And uh, I assume if the federal interest rate goes up, then some of this clamoring for housing will slow down a bit. Um, but just the demand in product for the home furnishings industry has been just so remarkable for two years now. I don't think any of us ever could have imagined <laughs> that we would live in a world where there was such a long sustained interest in need for our goods. And that is tremendous. Um, I do expect if the interest rates rise, we will see a little bit of a slowing in that. And, um, but it'll take a while to catch up because there is so much low inventory in homes nationwide anyway. So even if the interest rates go up, I think it'll take a little bit to catch up, but it probably will eventually catch up. So that's on the radar screen. But I know in just getting product from China right now, container prices are still crazy and container availability, like literally just having contain empty containers in which to put made goods to ship them back across the ocean. Um, I know that is all still a major issue for manufacturers. I appreciate um, how many uh, of y'all are, you know, working so hard on this and finding creative solutions to get to getting your product here. I definitely have um, a short list of manufacturers that I can definitely see where they have taken some creative routes to solve these problems. And I have to say, I really think it's working for them. Um, so I think from the manufacturer's perspective, kind of thinking outside the box on how you um, overcome these obstacles I've seen some of that done. I'm, I know y'all talk to each other. <laughs> I know you know your secrets better than we on the distribution side know your secrets, but y'all talk to each other a bit because there have definitely been some creative solutions and I've seen it work out really well for those manufacturers that are taking it in terms of their ability to get product into the United States and ready for shipment to us, your showroom customers. Um, so I just think there's definitely still opportunity there and, um, it, and when those details can be worked out, um, we're all getting to take advantage of it. You know, you know, consumers by and large, I would say the retail consumer is pretty aware of ongoing backorder issues in the United States. Like this isn't shocking information for most of our customers in the store right now. But when I can tell them that you can look at this, 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 and this, and you don't have to really worry about back orders because their stock is so great, um, that really goes a long way. Because by again, we all know that lighting, especially if you're building a home, lighting comes towards the end of the process. And if you can say, yeah, I know you've heard 25 times before today about back order issues, but here, let me just show you where you don't have to worry about that with these manufacturers or this product, you know, you know, batch of goods, um, that has been super helpful in the store and has helped us stop having to sell everything off of our displays. Um, because that's not plan a either. Cause once I sell all the displays and I can't get new displays in, I don't have any product on display <laughs> and nobody wants that. 
I don't want that. You manufacturers don't want that. Sales agents don't want that. Nobody wants that. It's not good for anyone. But um, it's definitely some um, of what we've had to do over the past uh, year, especially, you know, just to fill orders and make customers satisfied. So, I <laughs> it's it's been a challenge, and I know it's been a challenge for all of us. The gas prices are really starting to affect um, our bottom line in showroom world um, because of deliveries. Because so many of us offer free delivery, and honestly, walk to, you know backtracking on free delivery would be a really hard pill to swallow for most of us. Most of us have trucks in service that are branded with our showrooms, and it is a part of the pitch of why you want to do business with us as the showroom as opposed to you know, the internet or a designer. Um, we're going to collect all your product in our warehouse. We are going to deliver it to you at no charge at a time and day that is convenient to you. And, um, <laughs> when we try to walk that back and say, well, there's a fee now for that, or we have to charge a, f a fuel surcharge, um, that news isn't received well. So I don't know of many showrooms that have attempted to pass along the increase in fuel charges that so many of us are seeing. So most of us are just absorbing those higher costs in showroom world, um, there's really no great way around that, except I'm going to give you an idea. <laughs> there is one way around it, which is to allow the goods that we sell in the lighting industry to have a higher IMAP or UMRP. I know nobody likes this. Well, hold on. Showrooms like this. <laughs> Sales agents probably like it too, <laughs> to some degree. But um, we we like this <laughs> on the showroom side to give us a little more room in terms of our ability to sell and absorb prices. It's like cost increases and uh, market swings without having to really worry about our, are we going to be able to stay in business bottom line? It's just really stressful. I know, you know, so many people that listen to this are, uh, owners of businesses or managers of businesses. So I know you all get it. And I'm like preaching to the choir here a bit. And I know there are a lot of great reasons for not doing things like raising an IMAP, but where it is done and done successfully, it is such a benefit inside the showroom and allows us the ability to really push your products and care for your products and know that we're not going to end up on the back end in a really bad situation because we know there is that little bit extra wiggle room with selling your goods that maybe don't exist with somebody else's goods. I keep hearing all the time, you know, I do a lot of listening to podcasts and, web, you know, I read websites and, you know, on and on and on about, um, you know, how to, you know, increase margin and revenue in a small business and a retail store. And so much of the answer in these places is to raise your prices, like on certain goods that you sell, not every good, you know, just go ahead and raise your price, you know, build a little extra margin. 
And it is literally the last thing we can do in the showroom. The only thing I really have control of is how much I discount products. That's it. I can control what my discount is, but I cannot control the top end of what I sell it for. So when things like this with uh, gas prices and shipping charges start to impact, uh, you know, inch up in my bottom line, I can't really make an adjustment on the other side by increasing prices. So of course, this is where people come up with the idea of, you know, adding a fuel char- a fuel surcharge or delivery fee. I just think that sometimes that is a really tough sell. I do have to say I have a manufacturer who recently notified me that their current fuel su- fuel surcharge on invoices is 17.5%. 17.5%. That is crazy. I get it. Totally get it. <laughs> a 17.5% fuel surcharge on my orders would eliminate a lot of my heartache too. <laughs> but um, it's just not something that is palatable in the world that we live in. And so I think I'm kind of getting back to the same recurring issue over and over and over that consumers have become so used to receiving product on demand and at no additional charge to them, except for maybe an annual subscription fee that they really kind of forget about that they're paying. So I don't know um, when the annual fee for like Amazon Prime is charged. I know I get it in December. I don't know if that's when everybody gets it or if that's just like when I signed up, I have no idea. But so you get that fee once a year in December, it hits your January credit card, let's say, um, by March, you've probably forgotten that you paid it. And for the whole rest of the year, you're not really thinking about that annual fee that you paid to get this product for free, you know, for no shipping charge. And it's just, um, and it, it just doesn't enter into our minds as consumers that, oh yeah, I did pay a fee for that shipping, Um, it was probably way smaller than it could have been or should have been, but you know, the fee was paid for the service and it's just really hard to put a delivery fee, a fuel surcharge fee in front of a customer when in their minds, they're thinking, no, no, but I can order X, Y, Z online and get it. No shipping charges anytime I want. It's just a real barrier. So having to like try... (laughs) (laughs) to to convince somebody that it makes sense that there is this fuel fee, this delivery fee. It's, you know, it's basically just a battle. Most of us don't have the time to fight in the showroom. By the time I finish explaining to a customer about why this is valid and get them to agree to it, we probably could have made three more sales to other customers in that time frame. Like there's just not hours in the day to convince people of this. So we just make it disappear. We absorb the extra price and again, are not able to to bump up our sales price correspondingly. The only thing we can do is on the products that allow it, minimize our discounts. And we do try to do that, but it can be a real challenge. We have customers set up on terms and they're a builder and they get payment terms and they get a standard discount uh, on our goods. And by and large, they know what that is. So it's not like I have a lot of wiggle room where I can just start 
you know, swapping around discounts and how, and expect that nobody's going to notice. And as soon as they feel like they're paying more for goods from us, then they're going to start shopping around for other light fixture manufacturers, let other fan manufacturers, not manufacturers, other, you know, lighting showrooms who can maybe beat my prices. And, you know, it just becomes a whole like can of worms that it's like, I, do I really want to open this or do I just want to take it on the chin and deal with it? And a lot of us are just taking it on the chin. And this isn't just in relation to delivery fees and fuel surcharges. A lot of it is also in extending payment, like extremely long payment terms to customers, not by choice, but because we ordered the product so early because everyone wanted to make sure it was here and ready to go when the house was ready for it. We ordered the product like six months, nine months before it was needed. And that product is sitting in our warehouses. Many of the (laughs) warehouses of lighting showrooms right now are literally overflowing with goods because we're holding so much in our stock right now. Most of it is sold goods, which is great, but it's sold goods sitting in my warehouse, which means I can't invoice for it because, uh, you know, well, obviously because why, you know, if they don't have the goods, they don't pay for it, you know, on a standard net 30 account. So it just becomes this really terrible, vicious cycle that, um, you know, can really have an impact on our cash flow and our bottom line. Because say I ordered this product, you know, six months in advance and um, it arrived. Maybe the manufacturer even had it in stock when I ordered it. So it arrived pretty quickly. It's been sitting in my warehouse all this time. And my bill was due, you know, five months ago to whatever the manufacturer was, but I'm still not getting paid. And it's become such a juggling act and a really, really challenging juggling act. I have to tell you, um, just trying to manage cash flow with with getting everything done and ordered and delivered to job sites when they need it, but also not taking too big of a hit uh, in terms of our own ability to re- receive funds and pay our bills. So, uh, like, what has been a real challenge? just in this particular instance, talking about like holding goods is, okay, so say I get the order, this is all approved. Uh, We think we're going to need it in a couple months, but that turns into six months, sometimes into nine months because of other back orders. So the real heartache we're having is, okay, so say all the fixtures happen to be in stock when we receive the purchase order from a builder. Okay, great. So do we order it now or do we wait? And what you run the risk of if you wait is that the product that is in stock today is not going to be in stock two months from now. And then we've really shot ourselves in the foot with the, with the builder who issued us the PO two months ago, but we didn't place the order and then we don't have the goods when they're ready for them. And it, it can be a real challenge. I know we can do hold for release and hold to ship orders. There are limitations on that too. A lot of manufacturers are not accepting those kinds of orders with the long lead times in the way that they used to, especially not in the quantities of one home. You know, if it was a big, big project and you had a lot of volume, there's a case for making that work. But if it's just a hold for release order for a couple of items for one home, there's not a lot of people willing and interested to do that because if I can't take that product now, there's somebody else waiting in line that will. 
So it has just become this really vicious cycle of when to order, when not to order, when to bill, why can't we bill, can't, can we add a charge on, can we not? It's just become um, a, a tremendous chess game, <laughs> really, to try to keep all these parts and, and pieces in play and managed and to also keep the business running successfully and profitably and keep our cash flow uh, in the positive. I know I'm not the only showroom experiencing this. I, I know from the Lighting Showroom Association and our Facebook uh, groups that a lot of showrooms are dealing with these issues and trying to wrestle with, do I add a delivery fee? Do I add a fuel surcharge? Do we just try to absorb it? Do we go ahead and bill out for homes that we're holding in our warehouses that have been here for more than a few months? Do we ask for a deposit on all orders now? You know, it's just been trying... Um, to test different things and see what works. Um, and I don't know that there is universal consensus of any one strategy that works better than the other, but it is definitely a major, major challenge. And as with the gas prices, I don't see that changing anytime in the really short future. I think we've leveled off a bit. And I think at this point, all we can hope is that leveling off sticks with us for a while. And this will be like our new normal, but it's still um, a lot of expense to absorb. And it, it's, it's extremely difficult um, when you're already working on fixed margins and your overhead is basically fixed. But now my overhead has increased a bit and I don't have any way to, you know, to bump up my, my profit, you know, that margin, it is just extremely challenging. And again, I'm speaking from the distribution side, but I know manufacturers have exactly been feeling the same pain. Um, but that's why they have been increasing prices. So there you go. <laughs> but I don't have the ability to do that. My prices increase when a manufacturer's prices increase. I get that. And so like my overall ticket prices are going up, but it's that margin. The margin remains the same. And when the margin remains the same, but my overhead is rising, I'm getting squeezed. <laughs> and that's where things get really, really challenging in the ability to run a lighting showroom profitably and with all these other curveballs I've just thrown in about ordering product early, storing it in a warehouse, it's just been a lot to manage and more hiccups than I think we've ever had to deal with in terms of uh, ordering goods, distributing goods, and keeping, honestly, our customers happy. Would love to hear your feedback on this and what's working in your showroom what uh, strategies have you found that work or what have you tried that doesn't work and you would not recommend that anyone else tries? That could be valuable information too. So please do reach out to me at the Light Files podcast, Light Files on Instagram or email me. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful day and take care.